Okay, welcome to the Chelsea Fancast preview show. Because, of course, it is 7 o'clock or there or thereabouts on a Friday evening. Uh, and that's what we like to do at this time. And I am jo- I'm Stanford Chidge, obviously. Duh. You know, unless you've been buried in the Amazon rainforest for the last 50 years, you probably wouldn't know that. But I am Stanford Chidge. And I've got, as ever, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Lovely to be on the show. Um, I've never been to the Amazon rainforest. but I'd It looks like, like you're in it at the moment, mate, to be fair. enough, yeah. My background is very... Amazon Rainforest D. Yeah. Um, love to be on the show. Uh, uh, thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, now, we've got uh, in the Chelsea Fancast uh, ranks, uh, arguably, apart from one of the nicest, obviously, but arguably one of the most knowledgeable members of the Chelsea Fancast mob, uh, the legendary Mark Meehan, uh, or uh, at Eddie, uh, Eddie Mac B-A-W-A on Twitter, and of course, author of Far too many books for me to mention, but he is allowed to slip in as many as he can during the show. <laughs> evening, Chidge. Evening, everybody. No, like JK, I've not been to the Amazon rainforest. I've been to the Amazon website a few times, but not the rainforest. <laughs> <laughs> Good shout. Right. Now, uh, last but by no means least, uh, to get a, a slightly different perspective from us horrible lot, uh, we've got the wonderful, uh, great, uh, you know, dear and long-standing friend of the show, uh, Mr. Liam Toomey, who of course writes for the Athletic, uh, to give us uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, insight into the the week's news. Liam, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I, I don't have any sort of Amazon reference. I'm afraid. Nope. I mean, I use the website, but I've never been there. Okay. I've got nothing. Nothing to offer. Really. That. Sorry. It was unfair, Liam, wasn't it? It was unfair because we did we'd done two, and uh, it was a setup was a bit unfair for what you could deliver. There. I think we did quite well to extend it along the line to. Th- and I think he did well by denying he could do anything. Yeah, I think that exactly. was quite good. I, I feel like I basically set up the perfect metaphor for twenty twenty, just the ultimate letdown. Oh, Liam, wasn't there, Liam. wasn't there a band called the Amazons? Was there? There wasn't. There, wasn't uh, there a band called the Amazons? Yeah, we could make a joke about that if we could only remember a song they sang. Yeah. Liam's probably far too young to remember that, bless him. Anyway, <laughs> let's crack on. Uh, there's a lot on the agenda that I've got to try and squeeze in because I do I do want to let Liam go by about 20 past. Um, and then we've got uh, we've got the opposition view, of course, this week with uh, Ricky Sachs, me and JK's old mate from Love Sport. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who gets a word in edgeways with the dear, dear Ricky. But he's from the last word on Spurs. He's going to give us the opposition view about 20 past seven. And then about 22-8, me, Mark and JK will give you our version of what we think is going to happen on Sunday. So there you go. So a lot to cram in tonight. Now, first of all, um, you know, we played Ren uh, Ren, uh, last Tuesday uh, over in France, French France. And I mean, I don't want to sit here and talk about the match too much um, because it was a bit you know, had to have a bit of a B-team feel about it. But I think the, the main headline news, really, Liam, is that, number one, Chelsea have qualified for the Champions League for the early, in the, you know, the earliest since something, I don't know, like nine or ten years, which is brilliant. And secondly, uh, Oli Giroud is a god. I mean, I just love Oli. Le Roi. We should call him Le Roi from now on. I'm officially announcing can we call that. Him, can we call him Le Roi des Barbes, which is the king of the beard? Yes, I like that even more. Le Roi des I, like, I like that, but we'll just abbreviate it to Le Roi at the moment because he is the king. I love him. Uh, Liam, what do you reckon? Number one, Champions League qualification. How great is that? And secondly, how how on the earth can we keep hold of uh, Oli Giroud? It was a fabulous header, wasn't it? I think he oh. can head the ball harder than I can kick it. <laughs> uh, I, I think I think that's actually possible. Um, 
Yeah, the, the qualification is a big bonus, I'm sure, for Lampard, particularly with the way the schedule is. And he's, he's talked a couple of times now about brutal is the word that he's been using to describe what lies ahead of Chelsea in December. So to, to have a little less riding on those final two group games, I think, is a, is a huge bonus. Um, but the, the one downside of the evening, I would say, is that Sevilla scored another late goal. They keep scoring late goals. So top spot in that group is still up for grabs. And I actually think that's very important because if you don't finish top of your, top of your group, you get Bayern Munich in the round of 16. Uh, so you, you want to try and avoid that at all costs. But um, but yeah, undoubtedly a positive, and it gives Chelsea a chance to focus their best players, their best players' energies on the Premier League for the next four to six weeks, uh, which is always crucial at this time of year. And as for Giroud, uh, I, I think it's going to be another battle in January, isn't it? Isn't it to keep him happy because he, he's not going to get as many minutes as he wants. He might get a, bit, a few more minutes next month just because of the, the amount of rotation. But every time he plays, he just provides reminders of, of how useful he is. He's such a great pro, J.K., isn't he? I mean, it, I mean, look, I, we we kind of did talk about this a little bit on Monday, didn't we? And uh, you know, if he do, if he is to go, he would go with my love and blessing. He would be a loss, but he's not our he's not our main striker. That is the reality. But uh, he's he's a great pro, isn't he? What what a what a lot to admire about the man. He scores iconic goals. I just find mm. it. I mean, that header was completely wonderful. I mean, you just thought uh, you thought oh, the ball's gone up in the air. Um, what'll happen? And then this this monster appears and just smashes it into the roof of the net. It was so joyous. I just I love it. When they, they, similarly, though, I will always go on about it. His goal, the first header that he scored in the uh, the, the uh, Europa League final, was absolutely similar to me. He has this ability, you know, edge of the penalty area header, getting down low in the corner. He has this ability, and the, the, I think one of the slight problems is he always comes on and slightly staggers about a bit for the first few minutes, and you think, ah, oh, he's not really, he's, you know, he's got his waders on, he's got his galoshes on, he's not doing very well. And then suddenly something out of the bag is plucked by him. He, I, 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 he will go down as one of my favourite players of recent years just by his ability to get something out of nothing as a striker. You suddenly think, this is absolutely top striking. Now, the, 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 the dilemma is, is, is where does he fit in? Because Frank wants a much more upbeat um, um, uh, um, striking force, doesn't he? I think he thinks that Abraham fits in the, in the Werner setup. And Abraham, as we've said, has come up a level. So... Um, what exactly happens. But it would be appalling if we let him go. I don't know how, how he's going to deal with it. Unless, as, as Liam says, we give him a few more games in the next next few weeks if he just says, all right, Frank, you're playing in the, in the, you're playing the Sevilla game. And yet there is this thing, obviously, we want to end up winning the group because when they're not going to be playing Bayern will play somebody somebody lesser. It's like Barcelona or like even Real Madrid if they finish. Well, we've still, we've we've definitely got it. We've definitely got to beat Sevilla next week. I mean, it was a real annoyance that they managed to get that last minute goal. Oh, but oh. I do, I agree with you. I think we absolutely need to finish top. Now, other other new, I've actually kind of weirdly kind of similar to the whole Giroud story, really. Liam is that uh, it's it sounds to me like it's being you know talked about um, Silver extending his contract which i i have to say I, I mean if he's got the legs with him i would be i would be up for that is, is that is that realistic do you think well I, I found it interesting the way it's been reported this week because as lampard said in his press conference today there's always been the option 
in in Silver's contract to extend for another year. Um, if if the player wants it, if the club wants it, there were there were always going to be conversations like this because it was structured as a one plus one. Um, and judging by the way he started this season, it's natural I think that those conversations will have probably started already because um, he he looks. I really want to know what what moisturizer or anti-aging serum he's using because you look at a picture of him 10 years ago and a picture of him today and they're exactly the same i I, no he's in phenomenal condition um and he plays like it i've seen him win several foot races with strikers this season uh so he's he's not lost that much speed I, um, I also and, and he's just sorry, Liam. Go on, go on. Go on. Excellent. Yeah, I, I was just saying he's been excellent. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna. I, th- I think it's. I think that's a really good point. But I was gonna say, Mark. Um, I think the other great thing about. I mean, you know, the thing about great world class players like like uh, like Silver and defenders, and 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 I mean, John Terry springs to mind here. If they've got a yard in their head, uh, you know, it doesn't matter that they don't have electric pace. And I think that I can't remember the game now or the player, but I remember. Silver catching up uh, a very very quick opposition winger because he just anticipated the run so he was ahead of him in his head and that made all the difference and I think that's the thing about Silver isn't it oh I completely agree and again at the start of the season you know I tipped him as my player of the year and as each game goes by just reinforces what you know the right decision I made he's just class it's just a joy watching him you know he's having an absolutely fine season uh, he's just stabilised that defence. He makes a real difference. Interceptions, uses his brain. Yeah, where if not not necessarily, as you say, the, the the pace is there. And I think the other thing as well is, you know, it wasn't a good game the other night. You know, a good result, but yeah, that's the sort of game where they'd say, oh, well, would Silver fancy it on a Tuesday night at Burnley? Well, actually, you know, Joe Cole described you know in his pre-match that going to Wren, you know, with the climate there, is like going to Burnley on a Tuesday night, and Silver just sells. <laughs> He did. He just sells it on Tuesday. Yeah, it was just a masterclass in defence defence by him. The only other thing, just reverting back to Giroud as well, I, I think the, the other thing about Giroud is, again, you know, I reinforce the point that he needs to stay, so that'll be a battle to keep him. But but again, if only, because, you know, I was keeping an eye on Twitter like we all do the other night and just, you know, congratulating JK for his, you know, Olivier Giroud song, you know, to T-Rex's Metal Guru. Just if only just to sing that this season. That when was we're back mine. That oh, was it yours? Uh, yes. Oh, sorry. I, I don't come up with many. No, Mark, no, no, no. Chid just claimed it from me. I No, I I came <laughs> no. up with it first. No, if, no, you didn't. If I hadn't, I would give you the credit. I'm not just being a, a queen bitch here. If I if I hadn't, I would oh, give hey, it to you. Clever, clever reference, Bowie. Thank you. Thank clever. you. Anyway, look, let's not, can we, can we not, can we not go down, if, if, if if I have to concede that you might have come up with it first, can we please move on? If I have to do that to move on, I'm going to do it. Um, because there's lots of other things I want to talk about, particularly while we've got Liam here. First one is arguably the most important news this week, Liam. Uh, the return to the bridge. Uh, you know, the government have announced that London is tier two. That means that technically Chelsea... In fact, actually, I'll read you what Chelsea have said and then we can get the real version from Liam because he probably knows more than us even me and I know everything so there we go right they have said London's two-tier status means up to 2,000 supporters will be permitted to attend the home Premier League match against Dirty Leeds it doesn't say Dirty Leeds but it should obviously um 
on Saturday, the 5th of December. So that's a week on Saturday. Now, subject to approval from the relevant local authorities, we are... Sorry, blah, 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 that's the end of that sentence. We are delighted some fans can return and look forward to a full stadium when the time is right. In addition, home supporters will also be permitted to uh, the Chelsea women's match against West Ham at Kings Meadow on Sunday, the 6th of December. Uh, and I won't read you the rest because that's all kind of dull admin stuff. So, they, I mean, you know, it looks like we're going to get 2,000 fans of some variety uh, in the stadium uh, on uh, against Leeds, Liam. Um, of course, the interesting thing, that the proof of the pudding will be in the eating as to how they allocate, uh, you know, what will be like hen's teeth, uh, how much the split is between the corporates and the season ticket holders, whether they do it on loyalty, whether they do it by ballot like Spurs are, or whatever, how much they're going to fleece us for the privilege. So many questions, but I think first things first, this is welcome, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. As someone who has been to a fair few of these... You don't have as much space now, will you? (laughs) No, actually, we've been... Yeah, the the journalists have been spread out along with the substitutes and other staff along the the lower tier of the East End in these these ghost games. Um, And it has been a very, very strange experience every single time. So even having some fan noise in there uh, will be will be a massive massive improvement on what we've had because I remember the first one I went to was Chelsea Man City the game that decided the title and it, it felt like a well-attended training session mm. like it, it was so strange for everyone involved so um, yeah undoubtedly welcome um, but the key question as you say is which fans yeah. and what you know what what the, what is the breakdown I've seen suggestions online already that that Chelsea are putting out feeders to hospitality clients as well as to I haven't heard uh, season okay you haven't heard right no and um, I'm, I'm in uh, Aussies in the middle there so uh, I haven't heard anything right okay um yeah I haven't spoken to to anyone at Chelsea on this yet so I, I don't know any more details but that that is the key question is who gets the opportunity and how much would it cost them yeah, I mean, I we, ask a quick question. Sorry, sorry, sorry no, of course, mate. Go on, go on. Liam, just quick, um, Liam, do you do you get an insight into the managers much more because it's it's silent, and were you hearing their coaching much more than you would do? Because I've, you know, I'm just above them and I rarely hear anything. Just but because there's no sound at all from because there's no 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 um, crowd. Do, are, are, are you hearing them be much more involved than you thought? I mean, is Frank a constant voice or uh, is he a Sean Dyche? You know, is he? Uh, uh, does he say much? He talks quite a bit. Um, I mean, it tends to be quite short, simple instructions. Uh, that's what most managers favour when they're on the touchline. Like most of the time, I'll hear Lampard shouting faster, faster, faster because he wants Chelsea. Well, that's really interesting, though. I love that. Yeah. Good, yeah. Um, but to be fair, at Stamford Bridge, you would often, as a journalist, you would often get the benefit of that anyway because the press box is unusually close oh. to the dugouts. Oh. Most stadiums, you wouldn't get that um especially if you're buried at the top of the stand somewhere but in an empty stadium it is certainly easier not only to hear what the managers are shouting occasionally at each other or at the fourth official <laughs> um but also what the what the players are shouting and yes. you know like the, the instructions they're giving to each other i tell you what you know if frank lampard was to shout faster 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 go pussycat kill 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 I would love him even more than I do now, and that's almost impossible. But there you go. Um, you know, Mark and I, you, Mark and I were talking about this for enough before we went on air, and you know, there's, it's really, I mean, you know, it's really interesting. There's a, it seems to be quite a mixed view among a lot of supporters. I mean, I know there are some that are absolutely desperate to go, and I totally understand that and fair play to them. There are others that are 
you know, worried about the risk. And then there are others who are thinking, well, you know, I, I watched Chelsea play at Stamford Bridge with about 4,000 people uh, against Oxford once. And it's not really something I really fancy repeating now. And then there's also supposed to be possibly restrictions on singing and drinking and shouting and all of this. So it ain't going to be what we were used to. But I have to say, we, we, we really do need to welcome it uh, back. It's it's the step in the right road. Now, a um, couple of other things on the agenda. We may not get through them all. But the first thing, uh, Liam, um, it's Roman Abramovich's 1,000 match uh, against Spurs. And, and I have to say, the, the first awful inner dialogue thought that I had about this was, oh my God, the last time I remember something like that happened, it was Wenger's 1,000th match and we mm. walloped them 6-0. Oh, oh no, no! I suddenly freaked out. So I'm going to ignore that. That that thought never happened. I'm going to resign that to the dustbin of my unconscious. Now, just for the stats, uh, J.K. I'll love this. Uh, we've had 608 wins, 215 draws, 176 defeats. Uh, we've got a win ratio of 61%, which is compared to 44.3% overall in Roman's 1,000 games. We've scored 1,903 goals, 896 conceded. And of course, we have won 16 trophies, five Premier Leagues, five FA Cups, three League Cups, three European trophies, including the Champions League, of course. And the most important thing of all is uh, those 16 trophies puts us ahead of everybody else in the pecking order, which is Man United 14, Man City 11, Liverpool 7, Arsenal 6, Birmingham 1, Leicester 1, Middlesbrough 1, Portsmouth 1, Swansea 1, Tottenham 1 and Wigan 1. I'm delighted that Tottenham are at the same level as Wigan, Swansea, Portsmouth, Middlesbrough and Birmingham. It's so, always like though, wasn't it? Well, indeed. Unfortunately, it was against us as well, but that's beside the point. Um, Liam, what on earth can we say about this man and what he has brought to the club? Well, utterly revolutionary, isn't it? Um, we've actually got a, a big piece going up on The Athletic tomorrow, which I, I haven't contributed to, but it's um, Dom, Simon, and I think Adam Crafton is involved as well on the 1,000 games and, and looking at all the different aspects of of how Abramovich has transformed not just Chelsea but the broader landscape of English football um, because it is a totally different place primarily because of him and the money that he brought in whether you think whether you're a rival fan that thinks that that's a bad thing or not it's undeniable that English football is a completely different place now um, and it's been to Chelsea's benefit uh, in, immense, immensely so and I think one of the one of the credits as well is that he's not just built a, a, a winning men's team. He's, he's built a winning academy. He's built a win, winning women's team. Um, you know, there, there's been a, a commitment. A Cobham, The obviously. academy. There, yeah. All down to him. There, there's been a, a commitment to elite standards in every aspect. And, um, and I think when you're, when you're looking for a football club owner as a fan, I think, everything you're looking for is what Abramovich has provided for Chelsea over those thousand games. And yes, there have been downs, but there, there have been a lot more ups than downs. Along well, the way. yeah, I mean, I don't think any of us sitting here tonight would have had half as much fun uh, without Roman Abramovich. Jonathan, a couple, uh, Jonathan and Mark, a couple of quick comments before we uh, let Liam go and move on. Well, I, I, I hate him because he's created... <laughs> Uh, uh, bring back Bates yeah a precedent, a precedent for winning which has just meant now that the bar has been raised to all I want them to do is win all the time now and the, I think the major problem as I've been going on about is when you suddenly see a world class player and a team of world class players which we've been having you realise that that's what we had for a large part of the uh, 
of the of the noughties, as you'd call it. Um, and uh, and I I would like uh, I want him to get by. Well, not I'd like this team to become on a level with the teams we had in the past that makes us elite and makes us challenge for the Champions League. Mm. Um, and because but that is the problem is that once we've had that, that's what I aspire to, because I've been through the dr the dreadful years when one just hoped we'd get vaguely to a semi-final of an FA Cup. And that was, you know, that was all one aspired to, if we were lucky, but, um, and not get relegated. So, uh, so that's, but no, no, he's been completely wonderful. Brilliant. He's been, he's absolutely brilliant. Mark? Yeah, a few things from me, Chidge. Making history, not reliving history. Yeah, we've been able to do that under Abramovich. Also, uh, with the previous custodian of the club, you know, the one thing Roman Abramovich has not done to me you know, over the last of like 16, 17 years. He's not barred me for writing for the Chelsea magazine. He's not sued me, you know. So, so again, like, you know, you know, I can only speak highly of the man because you know, I haven't had any conflict with him. And the other thing he has never done while he's been in charge at Chelsea School, he's never told us we are 15 minutes from Harrods. No, that's true. Um, <laughs> my own personal, I mean, it's just been brilliant, as I said. And I, I, I was lucky enough to meet him once at Cobham. Uh, when I with Tim Rolls and I was up there doing something with Tim Rolls and he came over and he, he was very humble and he approached me and shook my hand and said thank you very much and I said Roman I think actually it's us that should be saying thank you to you actually and he kind of grinned uh, so there you go um right we've got to move on actually before we do I was going to say how appropriate would it be to absolutely wallop Spurs on Sunday in honour of Roman's 1000 game I hope I haven't hexed it but there you go Liam as always, it's a delight to see you. Really, really lovely to see you. Who needs Matt Law when we've got Liam Toomey, everybody? <laughs> He's grinning. <laughs> I was I was just waiting for JK to pipe, pipe up as my agent. <laughs> of course. I'm so sorry. I do apologise. Brilliant. Yes. Liam? Yes, and what, what's the percentage I take, by the way? 10%, mate. Always. 5% is interesting. You can negotiate on your own time. Right, Liam, great to see you as always, mate. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Enjoy the game on Sunday. No doubt we'll see you, I hope, very, very soon. But uh, we are going to move on in a minute after our break, and we're going to be talking to Ricky Sachs from The Last Word on Spurs in the Opposition View. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels. Right. Uh, welcome back. This is the uh, the Chelsea Fancast preview show, the Friday preview show with me, Stanford Chidge. And now it's time for this. The Opposition View. Right, there we go. We've got the wonderful Ricky Sachs, uh, an old mate of me and JK's from our Love Sport days. Uh, and he's from the, the wonderful uh, Spurs, very successful Spurs podcast, Last Word on Spurs. Ricky, dear boy, how are you? I'm not bad. How are you, boys? You well? We're good. We're good, actually. We're looking forward to having a chat with you about this because... Uh, you know, this is a this is a massive. I mean, you know, it's always a massive match against you lot, but I don't know why it kind of feels even more massive than usual. But I'm gonna I'm gonna kick the ball rolling by asking you a, a rather pithy, cheeky question. Really, uh, having having you know had Josie as our manager twice, and then see him go off to United and all sorts of other rivals, I can't say we were that chuffed that he went over to you lot. 
Um, but we weren't really happy with him either at the time, so it didn't seem to matter in a kind of weird way. But what's it like for you falling in love with Jose? Is that a bit like a deal with the devil, considering he was our manager and very successful with us? Yeah, totally. It's the most weirdest feeling, Chidge. You know, you've got a guy there that, to be honest with you, I wouldn't say we've, we've hated him because that's the wrong word. I think there's been a bit of jealousy and bitterness at the fact that, you know, he's gone in and always been given a lot of money wherever he's gone. I've been able to improve the squads around him and arguably got on one Premier League, Champions Leagues, and he's one of the most world successful managers. And I think as a club, we've always been sitting there thinking, God, if only we had that investment, if only we had that as a club, where could that ultimately lead us to? And to be fair to Jose Mourinho, he's come to Tottenham Hotspur. He's been given financial backing from Daniel Levy like no other Tottenham manager has had in the past, God, dare I say, 20 years since Enoch have been obviously owning the football club. And I think, you know, he's been the man to really loosen the Persians of the board. And he's almost said, look, if you back me, my track record, my CV, what I've done in the past speaks for itself. You know, he's a winner. This guy has won 26 trophies. He's a serial winner, as I keep on saying to everybody that I come to close contact with that is a Spurs fan, that at the moment, there's still some Spurs fans that are not fully behind him. And you may think that's crazy because of where we are sitting in the league, what he's done overall in terms of the team. But I think the style of football is one where fans are still going to have to try and get used to and adapt to having less of the ball, but still grinding out the wins, grinding out the results. And that's exactly what he's been doing so far. And, you know, the table speaks for itself. Tottenham are top. That's not just based on, you know, speculative and a certain brand of football. That's based on winning football. And, you know, you've got to give him credit for that. You have to. But isn't this anti-football, though, Ricky? Isn't this not what Spurs are, are renowned for? The great push well, and mean, run, the great push and run side, the great attractive football that they play. Isn't this? Uh, is this just defending and then breaking? Is this not what is is what the what your 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 fellow supporters are objecting to? Well, I'd say I think we're the second joint top yeah, scorers well, in the you, Premier you League. Are, you we're are. The, uh, you're the joint the, joint the, with us, mate. No, but it's the yeah, style of the style of football, though. Do you not? Do you, do you have a problem with that? Because that's what I've I've seen on 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 various feeds of, of people objecting to the way that the you know it, it's a defensive and it's it's on the break. Even though actually right. that's. That's a very current way. That's obviously that's the way. Well, of I mean, playing. the thing is, J.K. I, you know, sorry, Ricky. We we love that. I mean, I, and this is an interesting counterpoint, actually, Ricky, because you know we had this levelled at us for years when Josie was uh, our manager, and none of us gave a shit because he was winning stuff for us. And actually, exactly, we we exactly. we, we yep. came we came to love the shithousery, which was, of course the absolute uh, uh, zenith uh, of that was, of course, when we when we beat Bayern Munich by shithousing them and parking the bus and winning on penalty. We loved it. So surely, exactly. if he wins you the yep. title this year, you're not going to give a damn, are you? Not at all. Not at all. What I'd argue, JK, and I was here, is that this is winning football. This is, you know, getting over the line. And I think, do you know what? Regardless of what people have said, we've played some wonderful football this year. Harry Kane has evolved into a player that, you know, he was fantastic before, don't get me wrong. We knew he was much more than just a goal scorer. But, you know, Everybody in the world now knows Harry Kane is not just a goal scorer. He's more than that. He's always been more than that. But what Josie has done is he's elevated him to another level. He's improved Hummin Son. You know, Pierre-Emile Hoybier, dare I say, I know chaps, you're not going to like me saying this maybe. I think, you know, you look at when you had Makaleli in his prime, you know, this Hoybier guy we've got in the midfield is outrageously good. And, you know, Mourinho teams, they always have one. You know, you've got Kante there at the moment at Chelsea. But, you know, Hoybier is doing that job. He's a dustman. Picks up the rubbish, <laughs> unsung hero. I say unsung. For me, he's been Love the bargain it. of the summer, signing of the summer. He really has been instrumental in that midfield. And I tell you, you know, guys, you know, Spurs fans are getting very, very excited. And whilst there may be something about, you know, the style of football not pleasing on the eye, ultimately, Tottenham are top of the league. And if we win the title, like you said, Chidge, who cares? Well, do, you think, I'll tell do you think you, what, you will? Do you think you will? Do you think you will win the title? 
You confident? I think we've got as good a chance. I think we've got as well. I think we've got as good a chance as anybody. You know, I think there's absolutely no reason why Tottenham can't. Having said that, this is Tottenham, and I think the key now, and I'm not sure if you boys agree, is to try and get as many points as possible accumulated until Van- Virgil Van Dijk comes back. You know, that's what we've got to try <laughs> yeah. and do, yeah. and then see where Liverpool are in. Because I think you know Liverpool yeah. on paper um, with Klopp there. You know, they're the only team I do see really, you know, really, again, challenging. I think City with Guardiola doesn't seem to be working there for whatever reason at the moment. Listen, they're a great side on paper, but they're not getting the results. Uh, United and Chelsea, I hate to say this to you boys, I think, you know, as long as Lampard's there, I'm not too massively concerned. I think, don't get me wrong, you've got some great goal scorers in the team. There is some real attacking style of football you're bringing through you. But I think for me, Lampard isn't that winner just yet. I think he's going to need some more time. And like we've had managers in the past, like Pochettino, dare I say, you're going to make mistakes along the way whilst you're learning. Jose Mourinho is proven, been there, done it, won it, bought the T-shirt, knows how to win. He's doing it again at Tottenham. And I think that's why Spurs fans are going into this game ever so optimistic. But I have to, again, you know, stress here, Stamford Bridge, it's not always a happy hunting ground for us. And I just wonder... Is this, again, a test of this team's mentality? Can they get over the line, you know, like they have struggled to in the past at certain venues? But, yeah, great opportunity this weekend. Great opportunity. Ricky, I can't let this go. Dissing, dissing Frank Lampard? That's not very fair, is it? <laughs> well, Fighting talk, JK. Chap, listen, Fighting. In your argument, listen, I'm sorry. Great, By the way, Ricky, can I just great say... Goal say great, yeah. great, great goal No, 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 no. We're not talking about him as a player, please, Ricky. Play as a manager, please. He's doing all right. We know he's a great player. And everyone knows he's wonderful. Can I just say, Ricky, I was being devil's advocate to an extent earlier on because I think Son and, and Kane are absolutely brilliant. And I, I, I quite understand the whole process of, of what's going on. And yes, as you said, he's actually, he's set it up. We've seen it before. He's set it up as he did at Chelsea. He's set it up as he did at Inter. That's that's his kind of place. So yes, oh, good on you. It's great. It's lovely to see uh, uh, because he's he's a terrific manager. But um, uh, let's not have a go at, um, let's not have a go at Frank. I think you'll be, you'll be surprised this season by when we just, Move away from everybody and are about ten points ahead by February. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I'm not sure if that's the Premier League or the Fair Play League. You're talking about. Uh, oh, you fighting no. talk. Mark's, Mark's got it. Mark's Mark, got a question. Get in for you. there, Mark. Mark's get in there, Mark. Ricky, 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 it's Mark. Oh, obviously, we know Jose well. You know, he, yeah. he has. He has as, as Chidge's question was. You know, there's two. There's two sides to him. He's also prone to pressing the self-destruct button. Normally, not in the first two years. Usually, the third year. Yep. Is there a yeah. bit of paranoia as a Tottenham fan where you think that might go wrong at some point? You know, um, you I'll be honest with you, chaps. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I think all we care about is the here and now. I don't think we're looking you know, into three years because I think we all know, as you guys said there, Jose, the third year always goes wrong. I think all we're caring about is the present. I think what Spurs need to do is to get that first trophy. And once they've got that first trophy, regardless who it's under, that is a mental stumbling block for the club to overcome. And, you know, whether Jose is here for 12 months, 24 months, three years, four years, five years, again, I just think for Tottenham, it's about getting that first one and understanding what it's like to win. This club haven't won for a long time. And therefore, this is a new mentality that Spurs are trying to now find themselves in winning trophies. All we hope really is Jose is the man to start it off. And listen, he might not be the man to finish it, but he's there to start off that winning mentality. And again, I don't think it will last, you know, the full three, four years. Uh, I think he'll probably go at the end of his current contract with the club. Because I just think, you know, he's here to prove a point. He's here to prove that he can do it the hard way in terms of going into a club that did lack the financial resources, has made a statement in terms of this transfer market. And I think to win it with Tottenham, I think he's probably, I would say, one of the best 
best achievements in his career because of the nature of who Tottenham are and how they've struggled mentally yeah. to get over the line. I think this is where he's proven a point. I, I would agree with that, Ricky, if he does. And obviously time will tell. And I have to say, I think that's exactly why Levy brought him in because I think it, for Tottenham to get over that that hurdle is very much like it exactly. was for us when Mourinho joined us yep. back in 2004. Right, I know you've got a Zoom off in a minute. So before you do... Uh, how do you see the match going on Sunday? And let's have a prediction from you as well. Oh God, put me on the spot now, Chidge. Of course, I'm going to go. Well, I'm going to I'm going to go for a two-one Spurs win. I think, as I said, Lampard not being respectful to him, JK, don't upset you. I think <laughs> Lampard is still for me learning as a manager. And listen, one day I think he will listen. One day, hopefully, he will become a top-class manager. But well, I think no, he's don't still... say hopefully. Don't say hopefully. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, listen. I don't really, I don't really care if he is or if he does or not become a top-class manager. But all I'm saying is, for me, I'm still seeing a lot of traits in his management style that I would still question. There's still for well, you me watch every, you a vulnerability about Chelsea. You know. I'm, I'm, I'm watching. I'm watching enough to form a statement that I think, for me at the moment, he's still learning, and I think that's going to take time. And you only get time for experience. So for me at the moment, we've got a proven winner. You've got a rookie manager there. It's going to take time. I'm going to go, like I say, for a two-one Spurs win. I mm. think Jose will get the better of Frank. <laughs> so I'm going to go for two-one on the basis of last season and how Jose Mourinho will want to prove a point to Frank Lampard. And put him in his place. I think, you're, Ricky, that that is the thing that well, the thing that worries me. And I and I, I tell you what worries me even more. I don't think you actually listened to my five minute monologue to your bloody show yesterday because if you had, you would have learned <laughs> that Jose Mourinho has never beaten Frank Lampard as a manager. I mean, Frank beat him, beat United uh, when he was well, managing listen, Derby, and he beat you twice it. last year, mate. Listen, Chidge, records are there. I did listen to it, Chidge, I promise you. And records are there to be broken. Records are there to be broken. And as Spurs are top of the league and they've been there for longer than a... Well, they'll be there for seven days. So they have not achieved for God knows what. I think it's seven or eight years. That you again make is a, a video. Block. Yeah, brilliant. But we, we were trying to release a DVD, but we just can't get it out at the moment. <laughs> well done, Ricky. You got the DVD in there. Well, Ricky, yeah. as always, mate, you're, you're, yeah, su- you're such fun. It won't fun. be a DVD now. It'll probably be a podcast or a long, long <laughs> Let him go. He's got to go. His missus, his missus is going to have a baby. Look, Ricky, from all of us here, massive love to you and your missus. And fingers crossed that it, that it all goes so well much. tonight. Um, and, and I hope that us, oh, you know, you. walloping you on Sunday doesn't put too much of a dampener on it, mate. Well done, Ricky, and all the best. And fantastic! Oh. I don't know where you are. You in a cupboard doing this somewhere in the hospital? No, no I'm, I'm actually I'm actually outside of the North Middlesex Hospital, being broadcasted to a live audience. Yes. You fantastic. see, the thing is, Ricky, you should have had a, a come down to Chelsea and Westminster Hospital, and then she, then he, then he or she, whatever the flavour of the baby is, would have been a Chelsea fan. You see? Yeah, we we can't have had that too. We have to send it back. <laughs> Mate, all the best, as always. Really lovely to talk to you. Best of luck tonight and, uh, you know, best of luck to you and your missus as well. Take care, mate. Lovely to speak to you. Thank you so much, Chidge. Take care. Cheers, lads. Take care. Well done, Ricky. Bye-bye. Thanks, lads. Oh, brilliant fun! I told I told you, you know, Ricky is a is a a bundle of energy and fun, and that was great fun speaking to him. Now we're going to have a quick break, and then we come back. We're going to give you our version of events. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Footballfancast.com. Okay, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast with me, Stanford Chidge, and uh, 
uh, the man in the undergrowth. No, not David Bellamy or even David Attenborough. It is Mr. Jonathan Kidd, OBE. Hello, lovely to be here. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to do a David Bellamy, actually. Rummaging in the undergrowth. I can't, I can't really remember him. He's so I was oh, come on. I mean, do you know what? I think David Bellamy's more well-known for Lenny Henry's impersonation of him on yeah. Tis Was than he was in real life. But there you go. That's what Max the... Wall's impression. Max yeah. Wall was yeah. because of, um, what's his face, uh, Freddie Starr. Yes. Not at all. Yeah. I've got a story I won't tell you. Mark, you'll go. Lovely to, lovely to hear JK's dulcet tones. I like the Friday show with JK, and I particularly like it when we've got that lovely uh, man who is Mark Meehan on the show as well. And it's particularly lovely to be here. Yeah. Great stuff. Right, now it's our turn to preview, having uh, been battered by uh, Ricky. Although, actually, Ricky was, was quite, quite reasonable, I thought. You know, it's just, uh, I've, I've known him to be less reasonable. You know, and I thought JK. How long did the podcast go on for? It must go on for hours. Yeah, man. I did a radio show with him, mate. It was mental. It was brilliant. I mean, if I could go for a pee while we were on air, knowing that I'd come back and Ricky would still be talking, it was brilliant. Anyway, uh, we must move on uh, because we've got our, our turn really to preview what we think uh, is going to happen on. On Sunday, on Sunday at four o'clock, I think it's four o'clock kickoff. Might be half four. Can't remember now. It's kind of yeah. It's weird, isn't it? When you're not going, you don't know what time the bloody kickoff is. It's bizarre. Anyway, um. First things first, really, um, you know, I think the question is, will Frank go with 4-3-3 and our best 11, which we can all now say without even having to look it up anymore? Mendy, uh, James, Chilwell, Zuma, Silva, Kante, Mount, Havertz, Werner, Abraham and Ziyech. That, I think, is our best 11. Or will Mark, will he go with three at the back? And I'll give you my 2P worth first, which is... You know, clearly he went through at the back last year to do a job on Spurs and also for the shithousery of Alonso scoring the winning goal because we all know how much Spurs hate Alonso. Um, but he kind of went out to stop them. I, I personally think, you know, the way we're playing and that 4-3-3 with the players that we've got, I don't think Frank has to worry about what Spurs might do to us. I think they're going to have to worry more about what we do to them. Uh, I did I did think about the shithousery and... You know, just romantic in me would say, wouldn't it be marvellous to bring back Alonso just for one game this season and him to score the winning goal? <laughs> it would actually, yeah. wouldn't it? It'd be fantastic. <laughs> then ring up, ring up Ricky afterwards. Yeah, um, but uh, I actually think, yeah, it's going to be four three three. You're right. We know, we know what the team is. I don't think he's going to veer from that. I think the only question might be, you know, and it would appear from what the news is saying, I think he's got a fully fit squad. So I don't think if anyone's picked up any knocks you know, during the week in France, Pulisic is fit. So he'll definitely be on the bench and get game time. But whether or not you know, Frank might start with him, don't know. I'd say 4-3-3, normal side, you know, and the familiar 11 that is there. Yeah, I, can't, I can't see him veering from that. JK, what say you? I think it would be foolish to move away from the 4-3-3 because they're playing it so well. And uh, I think Ricky's going to have a surprise when he sees um, all these players that he clearly hasn't watched very much. I think he must have just watched on Match of the Day, um, which is fair enough because I only watch Spurs on Match of the Day. Um, so don't even uh, watch Spurs on Match of the Day, JK. No, I fast forward through that bit. <laughs> always, always. Actually, do you know what? On, on the whole, I quite often only ever get to... I've always got it on, on TiVo, so invariably I just watch it you know the next day and I just go straight to the Chelsea game hear what they have to say about it moan a bit and then bugger off I don't bother watching any other football I tend to fast forward through the um 
the the explanation of how they're set up or what they're doing mm. by normally Shearer and Murphy, isn't it? Though occasionally it's quite interesting to see to see what's what's going on, you know, how how people are playing in triangles or whatever or pressing. But uh, no, I agree with you. It's uh, it's great, particularly if we've won very easily. It's good, Mm. even if we haven't. But I do find it difficult to watch if we've lost. But I think as typical fans, uh, particularly if we've lost in uh, in ridiculous circumstances. But um, uh, no, I'll be intrigued to see how it pans out because, as I say, Son and and, uh, and, and Kane are fantastic. But um, we've got much better, def- much better defenders than we had last year, and a much better setup. And I'm afraid that um, James's performances this year, when you see Aspi play, make you realise how far ahead of Aspi he's now become mm. uh, in the setup, which is awful because I love Aspi. But uh, the dynamism of James is something that we, I felt, we missed during the week in the game, actually. Um, uh, and why we went off the boil a bit, which we did in the game, uh, uh, because we were all over them for against Ren. And Ren weren't bad, and I, and I was a bit disappointed, obviously, in the uh, in the, the the header, which uh, came from nowhere. And uh, uh, and who picked him up? Nobody picked their goal scorer up. And yet, then suddenly Giroud, wonderful goal. So uh, and uh, the fact that they can do that uh, um, is is really you know praiseworthy for the team. That they can come back and still win in those circumstances. Mm, definitely, Mark. Uh, the other thing as well is uh, you know it's not how we set up as well. It's also how uh, Jose will set Tottenham up. And if it's any reflection uh, on how they played last week against Man City, you know he he plays it tight and tries to hit teams on the break. So you know I think he'll do that. He'll you know, not not necessarily park the bus, but he'll play a very defensive game, see if he can catch us on the break. And the other thing as well is I, I think we need to go at them because. Their best defender, in my view, is Toby Alder, however you pronounce his surname, and he's, he's out. Yeah. yeah. So that I think they're going to have two different centre halves this weekend. So again, I think we need to get into it early. Um, so yeah, four three three, all out attack, and let's hope we get a Chelsea win. Yeah, We've I mean, got I... the ability to unpick them now, haven't we, Chidge? Yep. Sorry. To well, do. yeah, we have. I, I mean, you know, I mean, this is the interesting thing, and I said this to Ricky, you know, on, on you know, on his show yesterday. You know that we played them because I did it for before the Caribou Cup match, and and I looked back at that match and and we are already a million miles away from that side and I I can't remember how many were not playing but certainly Silver wasn't playing uh, James wasn't playing Kante wasn't playing Havertz wasn't playing yeah, Abraham wasn't playing Ziyech wasn't playing in the one and what I thought we had the better of that game in fact we threw that away I think so we've now got a completely different team essentially with a lot better players. And playing in a formation that we know really, really works well for us. So I think we're a hugely different proposition for Spurs now than we were in the Caribou Cup. However, picking up on what Mark said, I think Mark's spot on. And Ricky mentioned it too. And and Jose's been doing this and he's been really clever with this, making Kane play a lot deeper, you know, more as a a kind of a a number 10-ish, number 8-ish type role. And he picks the ball up from deep, which means he's harder to pick up for the centre-halves. And actually, I think what that means, it's more incumbent upon Kante for us, because that's the position he plays. If Kante sticks on Kane... Snuffs right, him out. Yeah, yeah, we shut Tottenham down. Because, I mean, the the thing that's worried me a lot... I mean, Kane is a quality striker, whatever way you look at it. But, it's, but Son, Son has been a bloody pain in our arse for the last yeah. few years. But, he, but he's, he's unbelievably quick. And I think that's the... I think we we can cope with that much better 
than we have earlier on. I mean, it happened in the cup final when Arsenal just played the ball over the top and ran after it. And, and I'm afraid Dave wasn't up to it. We had all those, we had all those, those hamstring injuries where everybody running around with their little legs or running towards the ball and they're not, they're not, not up to it. End of the season stuff. Mm. But I, I think we're much better set up with a much better, um, as we talked about the brilliance of, uh, of Silva, who's just, his positional play is so fantastic. Uh, and James, uh, it's James is so quick. I'll go on about that thing that he did the other day where he was, there were two players ahead of him and he ran after them both and got the ball. And you just think, actually, James is really a class act. And I think, I think he'll be dinning this into them just to say, this is going to be their major ploy, is quick ball out from the back, give it to Kane, Kane, pump it up the pitch, Son runs after it. It's as basic as that, I'm afraid. I mean, if I was Mourinho, and I mean, you know, whatever we think of Mourinho, and my personal view is that I'm eternally grateful for the huge success he brought us and that legacy, in fact. But, you know, he can he can do one for a lot of his behaviour in his last term and, and, and the way he treated and, and, you know, slagged us off. You know, there's and as, as he would absolutely embrace and love... I love Jose when he's our manager, but, you know, he's the enemy when he's not. But knowing him, I think, uh, you know, he will, he will, if I was him, and I think this is what he'll do, I would stick somebody on, like Holberg on, on Mount, try and kick him out of the game. That's what worries me, actually, that he'll single out Mount. Because, Mar- you know, unlike the idiots on Twitter, Mourinho is a very, very shrewd tactical manager and he will know how crucial Mason Mount is Mason Mount's the heartbeat of our team so get him out of the game and you cut off the supply Mark? Yeah I think good point yeah and yeah that guy you know Ricky was talking about he is a bit of an assassin you know in Tottenham's midfield so wouldn't rule it out but again yeah even if that did happen I think we've got enough in our side now we're a better side than when we were you know when we played him in the Carabao Cup a couple of months ago you know, the new players have settled in. So if we lose a player, we've got good players on the, be- the, the, the bench to come in and make a difference. I, you know, I am an optimist by nature, but I'm, I'm confident about this game at the weekend. You know, I'm really certain that we will win this game. I think the other thing about Joe is that he's already playing the games already. You know, he was saying in his press conference, you know, this game isn't a special game. It's just another game, blah, 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 blah. It is a special game. He knows damn well it is. And he should know damn well that in our manager... Yeah, you know, Lampard will make absolutely certain of Chelsea. Those players going on the pitch, you know, who may not have yet played in a Chelsea Tottenham derby, they all know the importance of this game before they set foot on that pitch on Sunday. Well, and there's plenty of English lads, and and for those who question, you know, the efficacy of having English players in a in a London in an English-based London side, it's four matches like this because all of those kids that have come up through Chelsea will have it. Will have had it. I mean, you know, they will understand that the culture of this club is, you know, demands that we beat Tottenham Hotspur. Frank knows it and the half of the team will know it. So I'm really not worried about that. I have to say, JK, you know, we touched on this on Monday, I think, a little bit anyway, that, you know, we have done... I mean, we're so delighted with how Chelsea are playing at the moment and and, and how they're performing. Um, But they haven't really... I mean, they've had arguably two tests this season. I mean, obviously, statistically, they failed in the test against Liverpool because you know we lost we lost 2-0 but that was so early in the season it's it's really i think there are you can you can make a very good case for saying well that's almost like last year um and we drew against united away and i mean some might say that that was failing a big test but on the other hand you can say well actually in the context of where we were at the time that 0-0 was a superb result and it's what we needed but i, I do wonder 
you know we we there are always big tests throughout the season and we need to be passing these tests and whether we like it or not i think that sunday's game is a big test not so much because it's spurs because normally we beat them but the fact is they are top of the league whether we like it or not we don't like it but they are we're third you know this is a big test for us i think on sunday one we have to pass well i think one of the things they'll be they'll be uh, testing is um is playing against a manager who employs the dark arts um with ease which is what he did in the uh have to remember the the Inter Milan game against us both legs where um a lot of falling over and and feigning injury took place and a lot of clogging took place and he's capable of telling his players who uh, who I think he will appreciate are not as classy as the team that we've got now to to play that way and I think they've got to um they've got to avoid being provoked because I think he'll sell some of them to provoke some of our players. And I don't think we've had that experience of having players particularly provoked. I mean, I think we'll play this business. It was really interesting hearing Liam earlier saying, Frank says faster, faster, because that to me is when, when this team, and I have to say it's this team to the top team plays to its best. I, I, my, my jaw drops at the excellence of the passing and the speed, the ball gets shifted around and particularly, um, the triangles that Werner and Mount and um, CH and uh, and um, uh, um, Chilwell create on the left there. Absolutely brilliant stuff. Setting people up um, in, in environment where you think, where's the ball going to go? Hey, they found it and they've got, they centred it well. And then Tammy comes in and I, or it goes to Zayic the other side. I mean, even Zayic is involved in this. They're such great ball players. And this is what, he won't have experience with this Chelsea side because they weren't playing earlier on in the season. And similarly in the United game, um, I think Frank was still experimenting with the defence because he wasn't sure about it because we'd given so many goals away. And now that we've got this really excellent goalkeeper who calms down the defence and we've got Silver playing, I don't think was playing in the United game, if I remember rightly, I think we're much, much better set up. And, uh, uh, and, and I, I, I think we'll boss it. And I think uh, they'll be surprised, particularly um, 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 any Spurs supporter watching who thinks we're a pushover will be surprised by uh, this 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 setup. My fear is that if anybody gets injured, or if anybody um, uh, or he, he has to change the formation, that once again we're still not seeing the reserves aren't the same the same strength as this well, eleven. Yeah, um, apart from the fact that you know we'll have. I would hope Hudson Odoi on the bench, more to the point Pulisic on the bench, and Giroud, and, Giroud. and Oli Giroud. You know, and I mean, okay, in pecking order, midfield it's Kovacic and Jorginho are the two that I worry well, about. Well, Kovacic is okay. As I mean, Jorginho, no, but Kovacic, you know, he can do a job. But I yeah. do take your point. We all know it. You know that that uh, we still don't quite have that excellence in the depth of the squad that we possibly need to really be a serious title contender or champion league winner but we're not far off i mean you know if 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 zuma or silver gets injured you're looking at rudiger probably is that acceptable well he did all right against wren but all right you know aspie for james aspie can you know obviously you can't you can't say that aspie's no good for us he's been the mainstay in that position for years but james is better palpably uh, Emerson for Chilwell, bloody hell, that worries me. You know, Jorginho for Kante, that really worries me. So, yeah, I agree with that. Um, so let's hope they don't get kicked out of it. Mark, I mean, 
how much of a big test is this for Chelsea? Do you think in in the context uh, of this season? In the context of this season, I think it's a, it's a huge test, and I think it's important what comes after this as well. Because I think the last time I was on, I was saying, do you know what? If we win this game, if we look at the fixtures ahead of us, we could go on a good run. Mm. So we've we've won six games on the bounce. Win this. And they might be getting a bit carried away, but win this at the weekend. Then we look at our next half a dozen games that run up to Christmas. And you look at that and think, do you know what? We could pick up a lot of points along the way on this. So, you know, without bigging Spurs up too much, this is probably our toughest game, you know, in the next month or so. Mm, yeah. I, I said on Monday, wasn't it, Jim? You were unbelievably optimistic. I thought that somebody, I thought a spirit had invaded your body and taken it over <laughs> or something. Well, Mark, I, I, said, I said we beat everybody. Yeah, I said I didn't have a problem with the rest of the season. Jonathan thinks we're never going to lose again, I don't think. I mean, I, I think actually, I, I, I disagree slightly. I think that, that actually the, the run of games that we've got until, say, mid January are incredibly tough. Uh, you know, we're playing some awkward teams. You know, we we all know that West Ham turn up and play like 1970 Brazil whenever we play them. Everton are a decent side. Leeds will be awkward. I mean, we don't because we don't know what Leeds will turn up. Um, so we've got. I think we've got. We've got Arsenal, of course. You never know what will happen there. Although they look rubbish at the moment. You know, and we've got. All, you know, we've still got Sevilla to get through next week. So I think we've got a very. And it's also there's so many matches, Mark. You know, they're all back to back. It's it's not leaving a lot of time and stuff. So. I think I think you know the ne- I think let's let's see where we are end of January. I think that'll be that'll be very revealing I think in terms of how how close we might get to winning the title this year. Now listen, I found something really interesting. Dear old Rick Glanville, great friend of ours of course, did a brilliant uh preview, pre-match briefing he calls it on the Chelsea website. And I didn't know this, but I sure I'm sure a certain gentleman uh on our show tonight was possibly even there. But the last time Spurs were top of the table before facing Chelsea was on Saturday, 1st of February, 1964, at White Hart Lane. Uh, now, in the Spurs match day programmes proclaimed, both Chelsea and ourselves have more than usual incentive to go all out for victory in this afternoon's game. Anyway, Tommy Doherty's side seized the moment with Bobby Tambling netting after just 15 seconds. Former Chelsea junior Jimmy Greaves equalised, but his young successor completed a brace both laid on by one-time Spur, Tommy Harmer, on his 36th birthday. Now, Spurs finished fifth that season and, of course, will have endured 60 years without the title come May, unless, of course, they do the unthinkable. But that's a lovely memory to go back and uh, classic Chelsea pissing on their strawberry patch. Literally, probably. Wonderful. Were you I there? Fear I, I fear I was there. There yes. we go. <laughs> I thought as much. I yes, thought as much. It, I think it's the game my dad took me to because he was. Uh, um, I remember going to those. The steps up to the front at White Hart Lane was something that I was. I was little, and I remember wandering up there. I think he had a, a Spurs mate who took us to get uh, a couple of seats there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And the tambling was was wonderful that day. But I think we missed the first goal. I have a vague memory of that happening going in. But yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, I can't remember anything else about it other than the steps, which is bizarre, but that's what you remember when you're little. That yeah, kind of thing. Brilliant stuff. Um, there's lots of great stats for this, uh, by the way, um, whatever they mean. But, uh, you know, we've won 28 times compared to Spurs 7, have a net goal advantage of 90 and earned almost three times as many points, 99 to 36, uh, over the last 25 years. Um 
Last season's home and away double against Spurs was the 11th achieved since our club's first met in 1909-10. They've managed just one clean sheet in their past 17 trips to to the bridge. Uh, We've won more Premier League matches against Spurs, 30, than we have against any other team in the competition. We've only lost one of our last 34 home games against Tottenham in all competitions, 22 wins, 11 draws. Uh, I won't mention the defeat. You'll all know what it was. Um, we're seeking our seventh consecutive victory in all competitions the first time since we managed seven wins in a row in September, October 2019 Um, and we're looking to extend our unbeaten run to 11 games in all competitions since we were eliminated on penalties to Tottenham of course in the Caribou Cup Um, and there we go Uh, this is an interesting one which I quite like actually Frank Lampard's side have yet to lose after his side led a game this season so there you go. So I think if we score first, dare I say it, we can relax a bit. No, of course not. You can never relax against Spurs. You have to you have to annihilate them because those that is the law. In which case, Mark, how do you see it going and what's your prediction? Uh go for a uh, 2-1 win to Chelsea. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go 2-1 as well actually because I do think I think I think two things really, Mark. Either it will be because of the way that Jose plays, it will be cagey and tight and there'll be what there'll be a goal in it, you know? And I think we are one goal better than Spurs to quote Kerry's logic. Um or or we, they won't be able to cope with us and we could dish out a bit of a tonking because I do think they're a bit vulnerable at the back. I mean Lloris is a kind of a weird old keeper. He can be brilliant one minute and absolutely throw it in the net the next. We know that they're gonna be without Alderweireld. Um, they could be suspect at the back. And I think if Kante does a job on, on Kane and Reese James can kick Son, then, you know, I think we might dish out a bit of a tonking. But I am going to go 2-1. I'm going to err on the side of caution, JK. Um, yes, I think 2-1 is the likely score because uh, I think it'll be tight. But um, uh, I'd like to go with the optimistic persona that I'm uh, I'm embracing and go for 3-0. I love it. You see, you're on fire, J.K. I mean, what, I'm, what worries me is what, what me, Mark, whoever else happens to be on the show with, with me and you at the time, how, do, how we cope with you when the bubble gets burst, if, it, if in fact it does get burst. How can it be burst? We've got some yeah, brilliant yeah, players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. James has come up so much. Chilwell is great. Um, Mount's great. Uh, Werner's great, other than playing like a complete arse during the week. But, but other than that, he's great. Other than that, he's great. <laughs> he's great. He'll score at the weekend. He will. Yeah, of course he will. Of course he will. He looked tired. He looked tired. Well, that is a worry. That is a worry because he does yeah. look tired at the moment. He does look tired. But uh, well, no, we've got... I'm, I'm, this is the best side we've had and potentially for, uh, uh, you know, I think it's better than the side that won the title under Conte. And it's better than the side that won the title under Mourinho. And that's interesting, isn't it? Because Conte had a bit of a poor rap about it all being rather negative. And yet I think I can say unequivocally, uh, and I have, and I had, funnily enough, at the game, a completely unbiased independent witness. My best mate, who's a Southampton fan, who I took along because it was his birthday. <laughs> what a kind-hearted man I am. For, for my best mate's birthday, who's a Southampton fan, I said, come watch Chelsea with me. And do you know what I said? I said, I'm doing you a favour. You get to watch some decent football for a change. But we did. We, we beat Everton 5-0. And I think that's the best I've seen Chelsea play in 30, 40 years. You remember well, that game? Not- 
perhaps yeah. not that match then. Perhaps we we played we played wonderfully that day, but we're not playing as well as then. But yeah, I just think I think he found I, you know we can go back on the reasons why Conte won the league that year. He found a way of playing, and it was very much team effort. I just think we've got the individuals that we've yeah. got now. Better are quality are stellar. We have some stellar players playing for us. And there's this rumour at the moment we're about to go in for Alba, which has become a rumour that will no doubt in the next three weeks become the truth. And then when it doesn't happen, we'll just fade away quietly. Mm. Well, we'll Alba? see. Alba. Alba. From, from, Is that the bloke in the know that says that? Yeah. No, it's, yes. I, I'm thinking Monty Python here, Mark. Albatross! <laughs> Get your fucking Albatross flavoured ice cream! Anyway, we should move on. Um, right, so there you go. Um, now, uh, Daryl, the lovely Daryl, who is in with us tonight, who's on our Discord group, uh, and I think is a Patreon as well. Uh, and by the way, uh, we've had three more Patreons this week, which is absolutely... I mean, I'm really touched by that. I won't... I mean, I never know whether to say who it is or not, because, I mean, you might not want people to know. So I, I, I will respect your anonymity, but you know who you are, and that's really lovely, and I really, really appreciate it. And uh, I will be getting in touch with you shortly and sorting out Kerry Dixon mini banners and Discord group links. But uh, uh, if you want to support what we do, and it really is a question of that, it's basically supporting what we do here uh, by basically donating a little bit of money every month. Uh, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And if you do that, as I said, I will send you out uh, some hopefully signed uh, a signed Kerry Dixon mini banner, as in... You know, we've got the large one hanging up at the Matthew Harding end, uh, if you can remember. Well, you probably see it more easily on TV these days. Uh, but then we've got lots of little mini ones that are about kind of, I don't know, 20 centimetres long, maybe a bit more. And he signed a lot of them. So I'll send one of those out to you. And, of course, you can belong to our Discord group, which is kind of like uh, our own little kind of WhatsApp group. And we can all kind of chat to each other when the games are on and, and that kind of stuff. Anyway, I waffled on because I was talking about the Prem Predictions League and talking about Daryl who's announced to all and sundry that he's gone for 3-1 in the Prem Predictions League. Well, Daryl, I've been as good as my word, and I've gone for 2-1. Uh, I'd be curious to know, I mean, Mark, both Mark and JK are in our Prem Predictions League, so uh, uh, I'll sh- I, shall, I shall shame them into where they are at the moment in a minute. But uh, have, you gone for two, have, you, have you all gone 2-1 in the Prem Predictions League? Oh, 3-0. You went for 3-0? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I just say, stormy petrol on a stick. Choo-choo. Stormy petrol on a stick! Albatross, get your albatross here. I love Monty Python. Anyway, Mark, you've gone for two. No, no, I haven't done mine yet. You haven't I, done I, your... Oh, you better. You're late, mate, because you this I know, kicked I off. Know. Don't worry, it's okay. I've done tonight's game and I've done tomorrow's oh, game. All right, right. Game, Good so. man, you're a star. All right, well, okay. I should. I should. Fridays is our day to uh, reveal, uh, name and shame the winners and losers in the Prem predictions uh, table, which I have to say I'm really enjoying. It's huge, huge fun. Now, um. I have to say, I have to report after last week, mine was a bit mixed last week, I have to say, uh, and it looks like I've only gone up one place. I'm now in 24th place, but I'm still above Dane Whittle, who is 25th, and Tony Glover, who is 29th, and Jonathan, who is still still the Sheffield United of the Chelsea Prem Predictions League. Although you are scoring points now, JK. You're, hey, yeah. Any better and better, Chidge. You only the got three I- less than me. The trouble is, Chidge, is that my prejudices get in the way. I will never, ever let Leeds win, regardless. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Leeds in any way whatsoever. And too much abuse and too many games where I hated being in the crowd there and I hated the way they played. And I'm sorry, it's it stayed with me. I will never, ever, even though I might think, oh, they might win this game, I will never, ever give them a, a positive score. No, no, I... But, I... 
I, t- I, can, I, I totally get that sentiment. I do. But anyway, I, I think what I was saying in a roundabout way is that you are doing better than you were. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've thought about it a bit yeah, more. Yeah, but you're still at the bottom. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I, still, I'm, I had a very long way to go. If you remember, I was minus I 62. You were minus 62. Yeah, I'm now plus, I think you're, you're Yeah, you're on 123 points. So you're doing all right. Yeah, so anyway, Jonathan's bottom on 31. Tony's 29th. Dane is 25th. I'm 24th. Mark is 21st. Although Mark had a good week this week. You got 114 points this week. Best best, best ever week so far. And I've got to thank Everton for that, for scoring a goal yes. in the first minutes. Yeah, You did. Uh, but but also what I've tried to do, I've, I've tried not to think about it. I followed Martin's advice from last week. I was putting so much thought into it. Well, I just go with my gut now and just say, oh, you know, and that, that worked out better for me last week. Yeah. yeah. Did you know you've got brain cells in your gut? Mark, did you know? That? <laughs> well, again, in terms of my brains, yeah, I, 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 I'm sort of West Ham and Leeds are my bogey teams. Whatever I choose them to do, they'll do exactly the reverse. Of well, what I last year, me and Darrow and a few others played this, um, who knows, wins game, which had money on it. It was like it was kind of betting, but predicting. You, you basically just had to get whether it was a win, loss, or draw. You didn't have to get the right score. And every week, West Ham would let us down. Every week, it became like the running joke of the little WhatsApp group we had. Anyway, you're in uh, 21st. Marco is in 16th. He slipped down a bit. Martin has also slipped down a bit, but he's the best of us lot. He's on in 13th. Now, uh, Joe Mingola, the wonderful Joe Mingola, is still uh, way out in front, bless his heart. He did all right. Uh, not brilliantly for him, but he did all right. Uh, so he's still top of the pile with 862 points. But the performer of the week, and I'm so delighted about this, actually, um, but the performer, the winner of the week, if you like, is the wonderful Steve Burton or CFC Mode, as many might know him on Twitter. But Steve is absolutely delightful, lovely, lovely, lovely man. And I'm so chuffed he won. He got 154 points this week. He too got the Everton bonus mark. Uh, but he, how many spot ons did he get? He didn't. He didn't get many actually. I mean, most most of his points were really down to uh, you know getting a bonus point for Everton. But he did all right. He did all right. Uh, so there you go. Joe got a couple of spot-ons, but uh, that's it. That's what it's all about. It's getting the right result. You get the right score, you get a spot-on. Now, um, if everybody's playing this weekend, good luck, and I will report back to you next Friday uh, about the results. So I look forward to doing that. Now, one thing that we didn't get... Uh, there are a couple of things, a couple of AOBs, basically. The first is we didn't get a chance to talk to Liam about it, but it doesn't matter. Um, you know, Maradona, Diego Maradona died yesterday, and uh, it'd be interesting to hear what the lads think of that. I mean, obviously, being an Englishman, somewhat mixed feelings, although I was sitting in a muddy field somewhere in Glastonbury when Diego Maradona scored the Hand of God goal, so it didn't quite have the same impact. But um, I've been really quite astonished, Mark, about the depth of reaction, and actually it just shows you what the English are like. We're so contrary. It's been very, very warm-hearted over here. In fact, I know that they're going to be doing a, a minute's applause at every Premier League match this weekend, which is a nice touch. Um, and I know he was a bit bonkers, and I know he cheated against us, and I know he was he was mad. I mean, you know, he's an absolute flawed genius, but I think that's the point, Mark. He is undoubtedly, or was undoubtedly a genius, and I think arguably, I would say he's absolutely nailed on one of the best three footballers the world has ever seen. Yeah, I, I think people like flawed geniuses, people like Mavericks in the game, you know, Robin they're, they're Friday. Like, yeah, uh, Robin Friday. Yeah, you know, the Robin Friday is the George Best, you know, of this world. And he was just at a high level. I think I'm quite fortunate. I saw Maradona play. Uh, I only saw him once. I saw him play uh, 
I think early 80s when he went on that run at Wembley against England where prior to 86 he beat half the England team back then so there was a forewarner of that um, I would say in terms of the best players of all time um, other than Pelé who I haven't seen I've seen Cruyff I've seen Beckenbauer I've seen Eusebio I've seen Bess I've seen Hullet I've seen Maradona and I think yeah he'd be up there in my top three that I've actually physically seen in the flesh you know absolutely tremendous player and it's just remarkable three days of mourning yeah uh, and I think the other thing about the English sort of approach to this is, you know, you have a player that's probably ripped the heart out of English football in 1986. And just, you know, Peter Shilton, who was on the receiving end, has got stick from English people, you know, in the last few days, which is sort of incredible. You know, yeah. where probably sort of like 34 years ago, he would have had the sympathy of people. So, you know, that is very English, you would sort of say, you know, a person you probably disliked intensely 34 years ago, and I'm not fussed because I'm Irish, but nonetheless, sort of see that <laughs> English side of things, that actually the, the amount of praise that's you know, seeped out towards Maradona has actually been incredible to observe. Hmm. While I've got you on a roll, I know you want to plug the sleep out. Oh, yeah, it just, you know, just clearly um, use the opportunity now. People listening in, 27th of March, um, if people can. We're doing the big Stamford Sleep Out again this year, but we're doing it with a slight twist because we don't know what where we'll be level one, level two, level three, or level 42. Um, <laughs> so we, we work on the basis that we're not sleeping at Stamford Bridge. So we're going to do a virtual sleep out. So whereby last time you had to sleep at Stamford Bridge and there was lots of rules about being there. Anyone in the world can take part in this one on the 27th of March to raise money for Oswald Stoll Foundation, which is the building next door to Stamford Bridge, our spiritual home, who house ex-service men and women who serve king and country, in, in uh, queen and country in their time. So whether you're listening from St. Lucia or Australia, the USA, Malaysia, you can just sleep on your kitchen floor, your garage, your garden, and raise money for a worthy cause that actually deal with sort of like 500 people a year, many of whom, at least half of whom, you know, have to deal with post-traumatic stress, you know, from actually sort of serving behind sort of like, you know, your enemy lines, you know, in some cases. Um, so again, you know, there'll be more. Keep an eye on it. Chelsea have publicised it on their website. The Chelsea, the, the Chelsea Supporters Trust will put it on Twitter. Um, really want as many people to get involved. We raised £27,000 last year. We'd love to go better this year. Mm. Yeah, get involved, people. It's a really, really worthwhile cause, and it'll be a bit of a twist this year. JK. I loved it, Mark, when you said Level 42, and I immediately went, thum, 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 lessons in love in my head. I just couldn't help myself. I went, oh, no, where did that come from? Was it, was it running with the family? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, yeah. It was a vision of him going, thum, 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 thum. Slapping that bass, mate. Slapping uh, that bass. Maradona. Uh, Maradona. Um, uh, uh, I've never warmed to him. Uh, he speaks he... very highly of you, J.K. I don't think I would have any interest to him whatsoever, um, ever. In um, No, I, I found it very... Uh, um, I have such a code. I just felt he cheated so horribly. You can admire him as a as a completely brilliant player. And I think if he was, it's that thing of, you know, if I was a Napoli supporter, I'd worship him or if I was Argentinian. But I, I, I found his um, uh, skill as a footballer absolutely brilliant. I mean, clearly a wonderful, wonderful player, but um, of, of dubious um, values, I feel. And uh, whether you like that or not, it's up to make your, your judgment, really. But I, I was absolutely gutted by him handling the ball into the net and relishing it but it, i suppose it was a it was an enormous political statement at the time as well and um and i just felt that we were we were um we were badly um 
uh, treated as a consequence, even though the second goal was completely marvellous. Um, but it should have been 1-1 and then we should have possibly scored later on and then won that tie. Um, but uh, yeah, yes, absolutely. One of the top players ever in the world, mm. without any shadow of a doubt. I, I mean, I, I never saw him play live. I never saw Cruyff play live. I never saw Pele play live. I never saw George Best play live. But I would, I, 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 you just, my football knowledge, you know, I would say that I think only Pele can really, you know, say that he was better than Maradona. And I mean, you know, you have to, I think you do have to take into account you know, players who are not just brilliant and geniuses, but what, you know, whether they did it at the highest level. And Pele won three World Cups and pretty much did it on his own. You know, Maradona, I mean, Argentina was shit in 1986. He bloody won it on his own, man. He won it on his own completely. And, yeah. he, and he got him to the final in 1990 on his own. I mean... And Napoli, Napoli weren't that great yeah. either. He almost single-handedly... You know, took Napoli to yeah. such great heights. Yeah, he was. I think the the man was a genius, and you know, I, I, I you know, I'm more, I, I saw much more of him play than I ever did Pele. So I would probably have to say he was the best I've ever seen. But my Mark, favorite, Mar- Mark, very quick, sorry, one because Mark, did you see Cruyff play though in the Chelsea game when he came I, on? I, I saw Cruyff play three times at Stamford Bridge. The, the three occasions he played there, I saw him in each each time. Yeah. So was it was it Los Angeles Aztecs, the Cosmos yeah, yeah. game. And the Dutch side was it DS sixty seven or whatever they were called? Can you if can you remember who marked um, Johan Cruyff on that third game when he came back to the bridge? Graham Wilkins, Vinnie Jones. No, he only <laughs> played <laughs> once for Chelsea. Yeah, who no, was Roy it? McDonough. Roy McDonough. Roy McDonough marked Cruyff that night. Poor bloke. Yeah, he's one game for Chelsea. Yeah. Amazing, right? Um, I've just got this little. I've got this little Maradona story that I found on on Chelsea's website, which is brilliant. Actually, I'll just read it out. Uh, the legacy of great footballers is not is not just the clips and reminiscence of their own deeds, but in the influence that they had on their successors. Without the inspiration of Diego Maradona, who died this week, Gianfranco Zola might never have become a Premier League icon at Stamford Bridge. In 1996, Zola's coach at Chelsea, Rude Hullet was asked to comment on the fact that the Italian had netted two direct free kicks in his opening four matches for the Blues. Sometimes, when he is doing his exercises, he said, it's amazing how the ball is curving. I don't know how he does it. I only know I could never do it. This is Rude Hullet. I only know I could never do it. He had the best teacher you could ever have in Maradona at Napoli. So there you go. Maradona has a Chelsea connection after all. Great point, But... uh, yeah, I mean, you know, very sad. Rest in peace, uh, Diego Maradona, and you will forever be remembered for the genius footballer that you were. Uh, I hope one day people will remember us for the genius podcasters that we are too, but I suspect there's a lot less chance of that. But there we go. We can hope. We can dream, boys. We can dream. Well, the only trouble is, Chidge, we won't get a word in edgeways if Ricky's on the same show. <laughs> well, it only happens twice a year, mate, let's be fair. You know, uh, a bit a bit like... Uh, you know, Tottenham's chances of winning the title. It probably happened twice a year and then they go back to their ignominy as they probably ought to. Well, let's hope we do, in fact, beat them on Sunday. Otherwise, there's going to be a lot of egg on these faces here. Uh, but wherever you're going to be watching it, uh, make sure you enjoy the match and stay safe at the moment, particularly our our friends in America, who, of course, uh, apart from everything else they're struggling with at the moment, have got uh, all the, cor- uh, the coronavirus to deal with too. Mark, you wanted to interject quickly. Oh, just a couple of other things I forgot to mention. Obviously, the new CFCUK is out, people. Yeah. And a cracking issue it is. 
and and also because he sometimes listens into the show and it's its 60th birthday next week it's nigel spackman's birthday so if he's listening in an early happy birthday from me well a happy birthday from all of us to nigel spackman spackers uh who's given me a lot of pleasure as a chelsea fan watching him play spackers is welcome to join us on any show he likes actually i remember i i met I, I did a radio five interview a few years back at the bridge and Spackers was one of their pundits, and he was there in their little kind of van they have outside the ground, Mark. And yeah. I had a good chat with him, got his number, and said, oh, yeah, come on the Chelsea fan. And he said, yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Of course, I haven't ever phoned him back because I'm such a plum. And, I mean, that was years ago, but he's welcome any time he likes. He's a lovely bloke. I'll, I'll, I'll tell him he, he's, his birthday is when lockdown ends. Right. Yeah. Okay, well, there we go. I think we all know what Terrific that is. Player. And he was a decent manager. I don't quite know what happened. You might know, Mark, because he, he managed a couple of... He, he, he fell out with the board at Sheffield United, I know that. I think they sold, was it Jan Argafjortov, who was their best player at the time, against his will? Yeah. Right. Now, um, we are well over budget, 20 minutes over budget, and you can't blame that on Ricky Sachs because there was more than enough oh, time. There was more than enough time for us to get through what we needed to get through. Yeah. So I'm going to pin the blame squarely on you two for a change. But uh, that aside, it's been huge, huge fun tonight, as it always is. As I said, everybody out there stay safe this weekend enjoy the spurs chelsea match make sure that you uh, that we win obviously if you're in the states take particular care um to our mixler people who join us tonight thank you so much and uh, no particular order andy hutch daryl uh, kev claire mcdonnell sorry claire mcconnell even can't even read david hurst benjito wazo joyo and wv chelsea to name a few of them uh, right uh, thank you to mr mark meehan Thank you, Chidge. Thank you, JK. Thank you, everybody. Marvelous, Mark, as always, yeah, Mark. Always a Joy delight. To have you on. Joyous. Always a delight. Uh, thank you. Il est bleu. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, Can I lo- just very quickly say, Monday, Monday, so good to me. Yeah, yeah. You, you, did, you said that on Monday. Yeah, I'm saying it on Friday now. Okay, better on Monday. Yeah, clever. Uh, JK, as always, a delight to see you uh, brightening up my Friday evening. I look forward to seeing you on Monday, of course, or Monday, Monday. I look forward to seeing you on Monday. 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 I'm going to have to say this every time we do the fancast on a Monday now. Welcome to Monday night's version of the Chelsea fancast. Anyway, enough. we got to go. Right, brilliant. Uh, Everybody, uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy the match. Look forward to seeing you on Monday, uh, where, of course, me and JK will be uh, joined by Dan Silver and Alex Churchill. Uh, and we'll be obviously looking back at uh, the Spurs match, hopefully victoriously, and we'll be looking ahead to the Severe match on the Wednesday. That is it, folks. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Up the chills! Yeah!